Good evening, friends. This is Chaplain Gary Rayburn, Channel 21, Lonesome Road Ministries, Conference Line host. And we've got a great program for you tonight. We're every Thursday at 5 p.m. That's Central Time. That's Tulsa Time. And we'll have a great meeting with uh, different speakers and a lot of prayer and praise reports to go along with the, with the meeting. So we're glad you joined us. And we'd ask you to log on to lonesomeroad.org and contact us and let us know and let us help you out there on that old lonesome road. up I'm driving when the sun goes down the hum of 18 wheels Lord that's a lonely sound I spend all day chasing that old white line I've been on the road so long I've lost track of time now it don't matter where I'm going I just gotta drive I have the white line fever to the day I gotta see I gotta look around I got diesel smoke rolling From two chrome stacks My address is 408-414 A big blue Mac Now it don't matter where I'm going I just gotta drive I have the white line fever to the day that I die I said hey Cliff, I'm glad you're here today, and I'm, I'm excited. To be here. Well, yeah, I'm excited about what we're going to do right here in the cab. This is our in the cab program. We're going to put you up in a big old truck and drive down the road with them truckers out there on the oh, road. Oh man, I, I hope there's a little uh, air in the seat. <laughs> <laughs> you get you an air seat. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah. I, I, I was I started driving when they didn't have those. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm know. an old school guy. <laughs> you know, them them seats without air make a fella. Uh, make a Baptist look like a Pentecost, you know? Jilting <laughs> up and down there, you know. Yeah, Cliff, I started driving way back there, back before CB radios. And I wrote a song about that, and it's called Back Before CB Radios. Let's put that on before we get into that message that you have for our listeners and our chaplains tonight. Listen to the motor scream and the gentle hum of 18 wheels of 
rolling beneath your feet The only thing I looked forward to was a hot shower and a meal And to get some sleep back before CB Radio Talk to but the man up in the stars above your head. An old worn out suitcase was your pillow, a board behind the seat was your bed. You'd wait before the sunrise in the morning to begin a brand new. Listen to the motor scream and the gentle hum of 18 wheels of rolling beneath your feet back before CB radios. Cold coffee from an old beat of thermos, sweat rolling down your brow. Another day of chasing that same lonely road Just to carry that old heavy load You'd fight the summer heat and old man went to snow Final destination, God only knows To listen to the motor scream and the gentle hum of 18 wheels of rolling thing I looked forward to was a hot shower and a meal Then to get some sleep Fight the summer heat and old man went to snow Final destination God only knows Back before CB radios friends i hope you enjoyed that and now i know you're going to enjoy tonight's message by pastor cliff clark of lonesome road ministries here's pastor cliff uh hello everybody and i love you and i'm glad to be here <laughs> i'm like the the uh, lightning bug that backed into the wind fan i'm delighted to be here <laughs> yeah i know it's corny but i like it anyway <laughs> uh, I, I asked the Lord about what to talk about tonight, and the Lord gave me one word, and, and that doesn't mean the sermon's going to be short. It means it means that the Lord gave me one word. The Lord said the word uh, Barnabas, so I got to looking about the uh, the the Apostle Barnabas, and uh, and I. There's many things that, that I would like to say to we chaplains that parallel the life of Barnabas. Over in the book of Acts, chapter 4, in chapter 4, uh, verse 33, it says, And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Neither was there any among them that lacked for as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them and bought and brought the prices of the things that were sold and laid them down at the apostles' feet. And the distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. And and Joseph, which is uh, who by the apostles was surnamed uh, Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite, uh, the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it, brought the money, and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now I'm going to look at chapter 5, verse 1. But a, but a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, uh, sold the possession. When the, when the New Testament was written, uh, it didn't have numbers in it. Uh, it didn't have 
you know, chapter four and chapter five and chapter six. It was like somebody writing a letter. So in the original language between uh, Acts uh, 4.37 and Acts 5.1, there was no no division. It would have said having land, sold it and bought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira as his wife sold a possession. The reason they added numbers later was so it would make it easier to memorize or to reference whenever people were uh, talking about uh, different verses in the Bible. Um, I said that for a reason. Uh, Barnabas, Barnabas was a Levite, and I'll talk more about that later. But there's certain things I want us to notice here first about uh, Barnabas. Uh, the first thing I would like to talk about is the touch. Now, folks have said I've been touched for years, but that's not what I mean. I'd like to talk to you for a second about the touch of the Holy Spirit. Uh, in Acts chapter 4, the Holy Spirit fell a second time. The Holy Spirit fell in Acts chapter 2 the first time, but in Acts chapter 4, he fell again uh, on the apostles after that they had been uh, beaten and mistreated and told not to preach in the name of Jesus anymore. The Holy Spirit fell and filled the house a second time. You know, there's a lot of us chaplains that need a, a second touch from the Lord. Now, I'm not saying you're not saved, and I'm not saying that, that but every one of us, especially after a bad time, have you ever had a bad time? Have you ever had a bad time? And we need to go to the Lord and say, Lord, I need to feel your presence again. I need a refreshing, Lord, from you. To know, Lord, that you love me and to know, Lord, that you're there and to empower me to do this job as a chaplain, to empower me to do my own ministry to others as you put me uh, in the path of people. Lord, I just had a hard time lately and I, I need a second touch. And here in the in the book of Acts, in chapter 4, the Holy Spirit fell again and gave them a second touch. Next thing I'd like to talk about is the transformation. Barnabas was transformed. He was transformed from the man that God always intended him to be into the man that he should be. Now, what do you mean by that? Well, Barnabas was a Levite, and the Levites were challenged to, number one, they had to care of the temple. They took care of the temple. And number two, they were charged to teach the people the way of God. And number three, and I'll read it to you in a minute, they were always supposed to be traveling teachers or traveling missionaries. Number four, they were always, I'll show you in a minute, by verses, they were always intended to live off of uh, live off of the gifts of people. People were supplied, supposed to supply the Levites' needs just like uh, people are supposed to uh, supply the needs of the pastor of the church today. Uh, it says that, and I'll show you where it says it. Uh, many times the Levites didn't trust the Lord. So they, they they weren't allowed to buy land. And I'll show you the verse for that in a minute. So many times Levites would buy land in another country. Uh, for example, here it says Barnabas bought land in Cyprus, having land in Cyprus, not Jerusalem, but Cyprus, way off, nobody knew about it. And the reason they did that, if things went bad, they could sell that land and live off the money. And instead of trusting the Lord, they trusted the fact that they had a little nest egg put back. When the Holy Spirit came into Barnabas's life, it transformed Barnabas, and he began to be the the 
genuine spiritual leader that God intended. And the next thing I like to talk about is the trust. Instead of trusting that little piece of ground or that little piece of money, uh, by the way, that was called a patrimony, that little piece of ground and that little piece of money, uh, uh, Barnabas began trusting, trusting, in the God of the universe the way he should be. You know, I believe that great revival would come to the church. I believe that the great revival would come to Lonesome Road Ministries if we, dear brothers and sisters, would realize that God is our source, that God is our source, and that we should be trusting in him. I know you need your job, and that's good. I know you need your job, and that's good. But it's the Lord that gave you that job. And dear Matthew, I will say by the Holy Spirit, the Lord will give you another job. And that job, that job for all of us, is only a tool to reach others for Jesus. The Holy Spirit and it's the, the second touch transformed uh, Barnabas into what he should be. Allow the Holy Spirit to transform him. Trust the Lord and realize that your supply comes not from the not from the job, but from the Lord. Ultimately, the Word of God says that the Lord gives us promotion. The next thing I want you to notice is the teaching. The teaching. Barnabas uh, began teaching others. Other people uh, followed Barnabas and followed Barnabas' example. Dear, 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 dear chaplain, I want you to know that there are people watching you. I say it over and over and over and over. There are people watching you whether they, whether you want to do or not. And may I say, with the greatest love, you are teaching other people by your actions, by your words, by the things that you do, for the good or the bad, by the things that you don't do. You're teaching people what it means to be a Christian. What are you teaching them? Are you teaching them right? Barnabas was a giver. Barnabas was a giver. It says that Barnabas, uh, the Jewish people, uh, when they told the story, they would tell the punchline or the end of the story first, and then they would go back and explain what was going on. And that's what happened here. They were saying that Barnabas gave, uh, stole the people land, gave the money to the church, and it started the chain reaction. And others sold their possessions and poured into the church. And the church did then what the church should do today. Uh, those that had needs uh, would come to the church, and it gave the the church the money and the ability to help other people. And the things that we do, others see us do, and they themselves will begin to do that. We teach, we teach by our actions or by our non-actions what a Christian is supposed to do or not do. Um, uh, others uh, followed part of example, and they began to give. And, and that's why Barnabas gave freely. But Ananias and Sapphira in chapter 5, they didn't give freely. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Barnabas was a giver, and he was not afraid to trust the Lord and let go of whatever God put in his hand that it might be a blessing. Now, the next thing I want to talk about is the task. The task. I can't hardly say that word. T-A-S-K. Task. God called... Barnabas to be a, a wandering missionary. In Acts chapter 13, verse 1, uh, 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 they laid hands on Paul and Barnabas and they sent them out. Chaplain, God's got a job for you in Lonesome Road Ministries. Every mile that you cover, God has got you there for a reason. Every Bible that you pass out, God has got you there for a reason. Every nickel that you surrender to the Lord and give the Lonesome Road Ministry, God has a reason for that. God has a calling for your life. 
Philip, I love you. What are you called to? Donna, I love you. What is God calling you to? Matthew, I love you. What is God calling you to? Oh, Cliff, I'm not afraid. No, but you're a chaplain of his ministry. You're a chaplain of his ministry. What is God calling you to? Uh, uh, Kurt, what is God calling you to? Uh, Gary, what is God calling you to? Oh, Cliff, God called me to long to know. Yes, and he still is. But may I say that sometimes that test grows and changes. Barnabas, God called Barnabas, and he gave him a task. And God called every one of us to do something for his kingdom. What is he calling you to do? Well, I don't know. Well, ask him. Ask the Lord. Say, sweet Holy Spirit, show me. Show me. Show me what I must do. And sometimes, sometimes the task is already in your heart. And and you don't see it maybe because it doesn't look big enough or it looks too small or it looks too big. Trust the Lord and say, Lord, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Say, God, put me in the place where I need to be and help me to take one step at a time and show me, just like Barnabas, show me the task that you have called me to. Say amen. I didn't hear you, but I bet you did. If you're listening and you can't say amen. (laughs) God is calling you to a task. Be like Brother Gary and say, okay, Lord, I hear this. I give up. I give up, Lord, and and show me this day what you're calling me to. You know, when a church or a group of people, when they will surrender to the Holy Spirit and say, okay, Holy Spirit, have rule in my life, and you do, you you do what what you're calling me to. I surrender. My hands are in the air. You know, that's the reason we raise hands in churches. I surrender, the Holy Spirit. I surrender to you, and I surrender Jesus to your will. Whenever we surrender to the Holy Spirit, there's at least three things that happen. Number one. Whenever somebody surrenders to the Holy Spirit in their life, power comes. Jesus said, tarry ye in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. God is not going to just call you to do this job. If you will surrender to the Holy Spirit, he's going to give you power to do it. Amen. Not only does power come, but provision comes. If you will surrender and say, God, I don't know how in the world that I'm going to do this. It's like Brother Gary's tape ministry or anything else. If you will surrender to God, if God calls you to a thing, God will make a way for you to do that thing. He will send not only the power, the ability, he will send the provision to do what he's calling you to do. The next thing, whenever the Holy Spirit truly begins to work, begin to work among a group of people, uh, agreement or partnership comes. Uh, you know, we're all in this work together. And Brother Gary, you have an important job. You have an important job. But Matthew, so do you. And Lillian, so do you. And, and Donna, so do you. And Kurt, so do you. And Whoever else, Major, if you're on the line, so do you. All of us, we are in partnership with Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and we cannot do this job. Or should I say, it will be a lot more difficult to try to do this job on our own or, or by ourselves. Can I say that if we bind together and pray for each other, don't fight. Not that we do, but that's the devil's way of doing things. Bind together and pray for each other. God Almighty will be in the midst of our partnership. I love Barnabas in the Bible. Whenever a man got saved in the New Testament, a man or a woman, the family, especially if he was Jewish, would disown them for believing in this man named Jesus. 
And they would go and they would take the, the person's name and their ability to transact business off of the public record. So the man or the woman no longer had a name. So one of the first things they did when you got saved, they would watch they would watch you and see what kind of person you were and they would give you a new name. And that new name would describe the kind of person that you were. The name Barnabas, his real name, his Jewish name was Joseph in the Greek, J O S E S or Joseph in the in the in the Hebrew and but when he got saved, they took that name away from him, so he had to have a new name. So they named him Barnabas. They, and Barnabas means son of prophecy. Thank you, Major. Son of prophecy or son of consolation. The one that is there to help people and support people and to, to encourage them. And Barnabas was that kind. We need to, to help people and to 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 go after those that nobody else would go after. Uh, Barnabas was that kind. i got a question for you. If he gave you a new name as a Christian, what would your name be? What would your name be? I hope that it would be godly. I hope that it would be powerful. I hope that... What would your name be? I hope it wouldn't be grumpy or grouchy or irritable or hypocrite, or what would your new name be if they gave you a new name based on your performance in the church? I got tickled when I realized they gave him a new name because the name of the man now, the man now is more important than the man then. What do you mean by that? When I get saved, dear Lord, thank you, Holy when I get saved, the one that I was, no matter what my reputation, no matter my past, the name then, what they call me then, is not as important as the new name. And what they call me now, they call me saved. They call me born again. They call me man of God. They don't call me crippled. They don't call me down and out. The name then, the name then is not as important as the name now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. What would your name be? Barnabas was a Levite. Did you know that if you study about Barnabas, you'll find out that he was the brother of the woman who owned the upper room? He was the brother of the woman who owned the upper room where the, where the spirit fell on the day of Pentecost. <laughs> he and his whole family were givers. The Levites had distinguished themselves uh, in Israel because when way back there, when all everybody else was complaining about Moses, the Levites stood up on Moses' side. And God remembered that. God, uh, God remembered that. Barnabas had a, had a family history standing up for the things of God. Barnabas had a family history of being among those that didn't complain. Oh, get a reputation, get a good reputation. Uh, and should the linen, I'm going to pick on you just a little. I love you. I love you. But I can I say with all of my heart, I've heard several of us talk about the joy of the Lord that comes from you. And how you're willing to glorify the Lord. And you've got the reputation of being someone who has the joy of the Lord and not being a complainer. And Barnabas was just like that. He lived with a family. His family were not complainers. Oh, what would they say about you? The Levites were in charge of taking care of the, the temple. That's in Chronicles 20, verse 13. It's in First Chronicles twenty, uh, verse twenty-one. They were they were like a modern-day deaconhead, almost, or a trustee. They were in charge of watching over God's house. The Levites uh, were not allowed to own land, but lived off the generosity of the people. 
So they had that written down here. And Levites, like I said before, was was supposed to be travelers and to go among the people, go among the people and teach them what the Word of God says. And, oh, I thought about we as drivers and we as uh, chaplains of Lonesome Road and how we're, we have a reputation of being travelers and going among the people. You're a traveler, dear brother. You're a traveler, dear sister. And God is using you in a mighty, mighty, mighty way. Mighty, mighty, mighty way. In, in Deuteronomy, in Deuteronomy 14, 29, it says, and the Levite, talking about, talking about taking care, telling the people to take care of the Levite and the widow and different ones. And the Levite, because he had no part, no inheritance with the, and the stranger and the fatherless and the widow, which are within thy gates, shall come and shall eat and be satisfied in the land, that the Lord may bless thee in all thy work of thy hand, which thou doest. God told the Israelites, you, you, I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to bless you so that you can bless others, so that you can bless my preachers, so that you can bless my ministry, so that you can bless my Levites, so that you can bless the widows and those that don't have anything. As loved ones, God blesses us and God puts things into our hands so that we can be givers and give to others. This, this lonesome old ministry, the reason that we exist, the reason that we exist is to be a blessing. And the reason that we exist is to share the gospel with the world and would drive some driver on the road that may not be able to get to God's house. The reason we exist is to share the gospel. And dear drivers, if you do not, if you do not know the Lord is your Savior, right there in the cab today, you surrender and you give your life to the Lord. Dear driver, if you need somebody to talk to, that's what we're here for. We have surrendered to the Lord, and if you need somebody, you call the ministry number. God told the Israelites, I'm going to bless you so that you can take care of three dots. In Deuteronomy 18, uh, Deuteronomy 18, verse 6, 7, and 8, and if the Levite come from any, uh, come from any of thy gates and, uh, and of all Israel, which he sojourned and come with all the desire of his, of his mind into a place which the Lord shall choose, then he shall minister in the name of the Lord his God as, as all his uh, brother and the Levites do. In other words, uh, the Lord would speak to the Levites and the Levites would feel led to go to a particular place and they would teach the people God's word. They were teachers. Dear chaplain, dear chaplain, did you call to God? And God puts you in a different place, just like Barnabas, just like the Levites. Every mile you travel, every truck stop you wind up at, every place that you're in, the steps of the good man are ordered by the Lord, and you're called to God, and if God... Uh, Lays it on your heart to speak to someone. God puts you there for a reason. Say amen. Amen. All right. <laughs> whenever he found, whenever, whenever Barnabas found Jesus, he trusted in it to be his sufficiency. Conversion and leadership of the Holy Spirit, uh, the Holy Spirit, uh, to become what he meant for us to be. He was a giver. Uh, he, he was the first missionary, like I said. He was an encourager. Uh, Barnabas sought out Paul. Can you imagine? Can you imagine being the one? Now, Paul, before Paul was Paul, he was Saul. And he killed so many Christians and got them to deny the Lord. But all of a sudden, in Acts chapter 9, on the road to Damascus, God got a hold of Paul. God got a hold of Paul, and it says, oh, Lord, it says that, that uh, said, Paul said, Lord, who art thou? And the Lord said, 
Saul, Saul, it's hard to be to kick against the brick. And the Lord told uh, Paul that there was going to be a man named Ananias, not the Ananias of our story, but a different Ananias. There was going to be an Ananias, a man named Ananias, and he was going to lay hands on him. And there sat Paul blind as a bat for three days. And and God spoke to Ananias and told, told him to go down to the house of one called Simon, a different Simon, go down to the house of the one called Simon and lay hands on Paul. Can you imagine? Oh, Lord, I've heard what he did to Christians. And, Lord, you want me to go pray for that guy? Sometimes, Lillian, sometimes God lays it on our heart to to speak to people that we'd rather poke in the nose. But God lays it on his heart. Thank you, Holy Ghost. God laid it on his heart, and he went down, and he prayed to the Apostle Paul, and the scales fell off. It wasn't very long. Uh, uh, some folks say up to three years, but it wasn't very long that that Barnabas, the one that went after the underdog, the one that went after the one that was hurting, Barnabas heard that the that old Saul had been saved and that he was preaching he was preaching and he went after he went after the apostle Paul. Can you imagine what would have happened if Barnabas had not gone after the apostle Paul? He was brave enough to believe the best about a man that he killed people. He was brave enough to believe the best about a man that had mistreated others. He was brave enough to believe in the power to save anybody. And dear chaplain, God wants that of us. He wants you to believe. He wants you to believe in the goodness of others. And dear chaplain, we're called to go after them. We're called every time you step up in that truck. Dear chaplain, you're going after a soul. You're going after somebody that way that they came and he knew in his heart, I'm going to go find, I'm going to go find Saul and we're going to change his name to Paul. And he's changed and I think he had, and not only am I going to go get him, I'm going to bring him back. And I'm going to explain, and he did, and I'm going to explain to, to the apostles and the ones that are afraid of him, no, this man is changed. Chaplain, I love you. God needs you. God needs Barnabas. God needs men and women that will not only go after people, but will learn how to stay with them and bring them back into the Lord's house and bring them back into fellowship with the Lord. The Lord needs you, Chaplain. Lord, the Lord needs us. No, Gary, don't you give up. Don't you give Don't you give up. Be like Barnabas. He go after the ones that nobody wants to go after. Go after the ones that come and sit and tell you, oh, you better not be around that guy. That's why we're here, Lord. That's why we're here. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Now, last thing I want to say, and I've got more than I want to say, but but I feel like I'm supposed to shut up here. You know, I get of it, preachers. A lot of them know how to get started, but they never know how to shut up, and I think it's time to show up, shut up. I want to say that the very thing, uh, Barnabas always went after the, the underdogs, and if you read the scriptures, you'll find out that one day Barnabas and Paul had an argument, and they had an argument over, over John Mark. Barnabas's nephew. John Mark was a young man. John Mark uh, uh, was a, how do I say this? John Mark was a little bit of a chicken, maybe. A little bit of a chicken. And Paul got mad, and they were going to go on a second missionary trip. And Paul said, I ain't taking him with me. I ain't taking him with me. And Barnabas and, and Barnabas and Paul disagreed about that. And Barnabas, instead of going with Saul, uh, or instead of going with Paul, Barnabas stayed behind. And he stayed with the underdog. Why did he do that? Because that was in 
that was in Barnabas' nature to to draw the hurting and to stay with the hurting. And 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 uh, Paul went on and God gave uh, Paul a different partner, Paul and Silas. The difference in the argument between between Paul and Barnabas was in the church world today. If we have to, oh, I'm ready to give up. I'm going to quit. Neither one of them quit. Neither one of them quit. Paul uh, listened to the Lord, and he picked up Silas, and he went one way, and Barnabas picked up John Mars, and they went another way. They spent a little more time there, but neither one of them left the church. Dear chaplain, dear listener on the radio, if you've been in the middle of the church site, don't give up on God. If you've been in the middle of a, of a, a situation and you felt that to go one way and and, and uh, somebody else felt that to go that way, realize that God can still use both of you. Still use both of you. How did God use Barnabas with John Mark? Uh, John Mark uh, stayed there in Jerusalem, and the history said, that John Mark became friends with Peter, became close friends with Peter. And somewhere along there, John Mark must have said, you know, I denied the Lord and and, and I didn't go with Paul the way I should. And, and, I, and, and Peter said, you denied the Lord. You denied the Lord. Let me tell you what I did. And when he began to tell him, John Mark was a writer, was a writer, was Barnabas's nephew, he was writer, and he's the one that wrote the book of Mark, and the book of Mark comes from Peter's point of view, like it was Peter's story. God used Barnabas and John Mark in the church at Jerusalem there to encourage each other and to to encourage Peter and to write one of the Gospels at the very same time that he used Paul and Silas. In another part, don't let a church argument stop you from doing ministry. Swallow your pride. Swallow your pride. Be brave enough to say, okay, God, if it's time to change, lead me in a new way. Thank you, Lord. Lonesome Road, I love you. Lonesome Road, I love you. Chapel, I love you. And Jesus loves you. And loved one, if you're here listening, you don't know it. Don't know the Lord. Give your life to the Lord. Church members, if you're listening and you used to go to church every Sunday, but you don't have to go no more. Oh, be pregnant. Say, okay, Lord, I give up. Here I am. Bring me to the right place and use me. Thank you, Lord, for knowing that this is what's on my heart. Let's be brave enough to be a Barnabas and not an Ananias and a Sapphira. Let's be brave enough to give to the Lord because others need it. Let's, let's not be like Ananias and Sapphira and give so other people can see us. Be brave and obey the Lord. Brother Gary, that's what's on my heart. And I love Amen. you with all of my heart. Have you ever felt like giving up? Throwing in the towel Calling it quits When the chips were down When your back's against the ropes And they're counting you out You gotta dig down deep And fight another round Turn another stone Dig another well Climb another mountain Never can tell what's around the bend when you keep moving on. When you're down on your luck, get back up, turn another stone. Tough times don't last, but tough people do. When things break down, you gotta break through There's gonna be some heartaches There's gonna be some pain 
there's always sunshine after the rain. So turn another stone, dig another well, climb another mountain, cause you never can tell what's around the bend when you keep moving on. When you're down on your luck, get back up, turn another stone, turn another stone. Dig another well, climb another mountain, cause you never can tell what's around the bend when you keep moving on. When you're down on your luck, get back up, turn another stone. When you're down on your luck, get back up. Another stone. Well, friends, I want to ask you the most important question of your life. Are you saved? I'm not asking you if you're a good person or if you go to church. I'm asking, are you saved? If you died right now, would you go to heaven? If you was at the gates of heaven and St. Peter asked you, why should I let you into heaven, what would you say? What would the answer be? Do you know the answer? The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, and death is the separation from God, and separation from God is an eternity in hell. That's bad news. But I've got some good news for you. The good news of the Bible is that God loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. In Romans chapter 10, verse 9, the Bible says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. The scripture says, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. There is no difference between Jews or Greeks, rich or poor, the same Lord over all. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Are you saved? If you're not sure, if you're not living for Jesus, pray this prayer with me right now. Oh God, I know I'm a sinner. I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I believe His shed blood, death, burial, and resurrection was just for me. I now receive Him as my Savior. Thank you, Lord. Forgive me for my sins. I receive this gift of salvation and everlasting life because of your mercy and your grace. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, call someone. God's word's been redefined As something to reject Politically incorrect It's been twisted, it's been mocked It's still the narrow road we walk Brings reproof to the liar Oh, it's been through the fire But the truth is still the truth even if no one can see it And a lie is still a lie No matter who believes it Men lie and men deceive While the truth still sets men free And the truth is still the truth Even if 
no one believes It's been written on the heart On a stone inside the ark It's a beacon in the night It's a line between wrong and right It's been loved and it's been lost It's been nailed to a cross It's been cursed and it's been praised Oh, it's risen from the grave And the truth is still the truth Even if no one can see it And the lie is still a lie No matter who believes it Men lie and men deceive While the truth still sets men free And the truth is still the truth Even if no one believes All the truth will prevail In time the lie will fail It's heaven or it's hell And eternity will tell That the truth is still the truth Even if no one can see it And a lie is still a lie No matter who believes it Men lie and men deceive While the truth still sets men free And the truth is still the truth Even if no one believes Hello Lonesome Road family This is James Payne I'm coming to you from the cab of my pickup truck You know we know that when we put a seed in God's hand, he always multiplies that seed back to our life. So I'm praying that you will hear God and give liberally and sacrificially. Your seed will get God's attention. It'll also get God's affection and God's anointing and God will multiply that seed back to your life. And then second of all, why not become a monthly partner with Lonesome Road Ministries? There's 8.7 million truckers that go up and down the highways of America, away from their family, away from their friends, in the lonely cab of an 18-wheeler. But through Pastor Gary's ministry, we can put a CD with songs and messages that will uplift that truck driver, change him, change his family, and launch his destiny. So you could be a $25 a month partner, a $50 a month partner, $100 a month partner. Every diamond dollar would go to touch somebody's life. I pray you'll hear God's voice today and you'll obey God. And as you do, God's going to bless you like you've never been blessed before. God bless you. I love you. What has a big trouble, children? Step on in. Trouble, children, step on in. There was a pool in Bethesda where they brought the sick and lame. There was healing in the water when the angel came. What Jesus did in Bible days, he's doing once again. What does it be in trouble, children? Step on in. Well, what does it be in trouble, children? Step on in. What does it be? Trouble, children, step on in. Let Jesus heal your body now and wash away your sin. What does it be in trouble, children? Step on in. Well, you've been praying for the moving of the Holy Ghost, and you've waited for 
so long for your healing touch. Well, I can feel the spirit like a rushing mighty wind. The water's a big trouble, children. Step on in. Well, the water's a big trouble, children. Well, friends, if you prayed that prayer and asked Jesus Christ into your heart, then we want to hear from you. Give us a call right here at 618 383 2107. And remember this, friends, Jesus loves you, and we do too. And this is Chaplain Gary Rayburn, and we'll talk at you later. Alright friends, if you prayed and asked Jesus Christ into your heart, then we want you to give us a call. Our phone number is 618-383-2107 and we're going to end today's program like we end most of our programs. That's with my testimony in song that I wrote with the help of my songwriting partner Tom Caldwell. And now we've got a new songwriting partner, Dennis McKay, and he has helped us with this song and brought it up to a new level. Here's... Dennis McKay with At the Foot of the Tree off of our Lonesome Road Volume 1. And yes, you'll be able to get a copy of this CD by calling us 618-383-2107. Here's Dennis McKay with At the Foot of the Tree. Lost without hope Eighteen wheels of lonesome At the end of the road In my hand was a track The preacher had read His words still echoing In the back of my head I felt so ashamed When I thought of my past I called his name This chance would it be my last Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus At the foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome So long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree Those eighteen wheels are rolling that old lonesome road and I shared the good news wherever I go yes there's been a change I'm not the man I used to be and I tell everybody what's happened to me how I felt so ashamed when I thought of my past but I called his name This chance Could it be my last Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree And I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus At the foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome So long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus at the foot of the cross 
Brokenhearted and lonesome, so long I'd been lost. I left a lifetime of misery at the foot of the tree.